this is going to ruffle some feathers, but it's never been about the blood sugars. See, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't care about my blood sugars. As a type 1 diabetic, I was trying to ignore my disease. It was I was in denial, if I'm being honest. Uh, but in today's episode, I actually want to share with you a recent epiphany that I had, a very recent, on living with type 1 diabetes, but not living for type 1 diabetes. And there's a very important distinction that I hope you'll not only be able to understand, but to appreciate and implement in your life with today's slightly off topic, uh, but really memorable story that I want to give to you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Matt Vandevecht. I live with type 1 diabetes, obviously. Uh, I'm also a certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist, which helps gives me some background on how the blood sugars work. But with today's topic, it's less important than what I want to give you. So let's get into our theme song, and then I've got a really heartwarming story for you. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. Last night, uh, I was putting my daughter to bed with my wife, and actually had a recommendation of one of my wife's coworkers. Uh, they had given us the idea, the inspiration to start doing everything together as a family. And my wife and I previously had broken up tasks to be more efficient, right? It was, you know, I'll put Brooklyn to bed tonight. You go take care of the dishes, clean the living room. The next night, maybe I'm cleaning dishes, doing laundry or working, right? And we would break things up because... You, know, you can conquer more things if there's two people doing different tasks. And so we always were looking for the most efficient way to get things done in hopes, fingers crossed, that we could get to bed on time. <laughs> or, you know, maybe, as crazy as this sounds, actually have some downtime and be able to relax for like 30 minutes, which doesn't happen often for us. We have a lot going on in our life uh, or lives. Uh, you know, of course, we share a life. Anyways, it's absolute chaos right now. <laughs> and so we've been looking for the most efficient ways of doing things, but we thought, you know what? We're going to give this, uh, this new method a try and really give it a go. You know, we're going to sh- share bedtime. So we're both going to go in and put Brooklyn to bed, read her some stories, cuddle, have a good time. Uh, we're going to go then both share the duty of dishes, you know, she'll wash, I dry, and then maybe I'll go clean the living room while she sweeps, you know, and just kind of like share so we can talk about our day and connect while we're getting things done. And the idea was you don't need time to connect at the end of the night if you've been connecting the whole night as a couple, right? Uh, So that way, even if you don't get to bed until late, you've already had your connection time. And it's a beautiful way to still be efficient, but be more optimized for, you know, what you truly want out of life, which is relationships. And so we gave it a go. And on the first night, which was last night, I nearly, (laughs) I'm already getting choked up. Uh, I nearly lost it because we're huddled up in this princess hut, you know, that my daughter's got in her little pink castle uh, that I definitely do not fit in. I am a giant and my wife and daughter were already in there. I crawled in next to them and I'm like squeezed trying to make it work. And my daughter grabs my hand and pulls it around her and then shoves herself under my arm and snuggles up so tight 
that I nearly start to tear up. It's just at the cuteness of this. My wife's reading a book to her and I look around, I'm like, this is our family unit. I, I love this so much. And she looks up at me. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Uh, she looks up at me and says, I love you so much, daddy. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. This is what we're optimizing for, right? Who cares about efficiency when you have something like this, a moment like this to share? And it was, it was magical. And uh, the rest of the night was great too. My wife and I split the dishes and we we're talking about our day. And uh, it was just really different than what we had been used to, which was get it done, get it done, get it done, right? Task oriented and, uh, and more paper, like having things look good on paper, right? When the reality was, yes, we were getting everything done, but we weren't happy. We weren't in the moment. And this single event, I mean, it compounded into the next day. My daughter woke up happier. <laughs> well, that's interesting. You know, it's, it's nice to know that she, she's impacted by this as well. And the whole time we were hanging out that night, putting her to bed, she was just so loving, so incredible, so happy. Not to say that I wouldn't love her any less or enjoy that moment any less if she wasn't being so uh, joyful. But that was just a cherry on top, was seeing her and how important it was to her to have both of us there, to be in her life and to be so present and giving her all of our attention. And I zoomed out kind of the next day on my own life and realized that diabetes has a very similar correlation, a very similar path that a lot of us miss. And for so long, I had missed this. My daughter's uh, two years old, you know, and, and we have done this a few times over the years, but uh, it's going to become a more normal thing now. I can tell you that. But looking at blood sugars, the same question that I tell my clients to ask themselves and when they ask me questions I respond with is the same question that I can apply to that situation with my wife and daughter, which is, what are we optimizing for? And what I want to give you today is actually an example from one of my coaching calls with my type 1 clients. And uh, these types of questions come up often where people will ask a question and there's really two or three different paths that we can take. But my question first is, well, which path are we optimizing for? What is the goal that we're trying to break down, right? One example uh, for one of my clients who is on MDI, multiple daily injections. Now, with multiple daily injections, you're stuck with full units unless you're using a syringe and a vial, right? So you have, let's say, 10 units or 11 units. And if you need an in-between number, it's too bad, which is also one of the pitfalls of MDI, right? On an insulin pump, you can do a lot more precise settings and uh, really titrate your basals in. But looking at you know your, your once-a-day shot, let's say Lantus, Traceba, any of those, you have to pick a whole number. And this client had determined through our program that they were in between. So instead of being a 10 or an 11, it would be a 10.5, right? <clears throat> and so our question was, which one do you pick? Do you pick 10 and then run higher the whole night and the next day? Or do you pick 11 and run lower the whole night and the next day? And I said, well, what are you optimizing for, right? What are some factors that influence blood sugars outside of just insulin? So when I look at my own uh, history with MDI, when I used to be on shots, I would look at taking the, the half unit more if I anticipated being less active the next day or maybe not needing uh, as much assistance from that and it would coast, coast nicely. But I have to remember, okay, if I'm optimizing for lower blood sugars, I might have to snack before bed so I don't go low in the middle of the night. 
right? Or I might have to reduce or adjust my bolus ratios during the day. And if I do happen to be active, take that into consideration. On the other side of the equation, if I go down a half unit, that means less long acting insulin, I'm optimizing for more activity. So if I am more active, I burn more glucose throughout the day, I become more insulin sensitive. Therefore, it might be beneficial to dial it back by a half unit if the next day is going to be a lot more active, right? And there's a lot of other factors at play here as well. You know, are you more insulin resistant or sensitive that day? How does the diet come into play? Other lifestyle decisions. But the big overarching question is, what are we optimizing for, right? And in that specific example was, are we optimizing for activity or a lazy day? You know, or maybe it's pizza Friday. It's a, a pizza class and you know, pizza party. Then I might want the extra half unit to tackle the uh, delayed digestion impact of pizza, right? So there's different reasons why I might make different decisions. But overall, what are we optimizing for? And with blood sugars, like I told you initially when I was first diagnosed, I didn't care about optimizing for anything. <laughs> I was in complete denial. Uh, in fact, I didn't test my blood sugars very often. Uh, and that's that's putting it very lightly. <laughs> I didn't even know where my glucometer was for a long period of time. I uh, didn't count all my carbs. Didn't always even take my insulin. I was I was pretty down dark into the denial stage. But over time, finally, I was like, okay, I'll take care of myself and realize I need to optimize better blood sugars if I expect to live a long life. And so I started to take care of myself. But then I swung a little too far and I optimized only for blood sugars. And that's where things get a little bit dark. And a lot of people I talk to are in this similar position where on paper, everything looks good, right? Just like my marriage and my family life on paper, it looked good. We were getting tasks done. You know, we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing, but we weren't optimized for relationships or for happiness as much as we could have been. Similarly, when we optimize too much, for blood sugars and looking good on paper to our doctors or our endocrinologists or our medical team, we can lose out on quality of life. And a lot of people I talk to, you might fall into this boat. I sure did a number of years ago, not too far ago, actually. Uh, I, I fell into a deep restriction. I had built this diabetes prison around myself to force blood sugars to cooperate. And it wasn't a matter of, uh, you know, living with diabetes. It was living for my diabetes. and realized I had built this diabetes prison around myself because I felt safer. I was like, okay, if I do all the right things, you know, I limit my carbs, we'll say quote unquote right things because limiting your carbs doesn't have to be the right thing. Now I eat enormous amount of carbs. Okay. So set that one out there just for now. Uh, but I did what I thought was the right thing, right? Restricting carbs, being very careful with exercise, uh, eating my meals all at the same time of day, the same types of foods, not doing anything fun when I had insulin on board, not being spontaneous. I stopped traveling, right? That sucked. It was terrible, but on paper, my blood sugars looked stellar. <laughs> you know, my endo was like, what can you teach us? And I was like, uh, consistency, I guess. You know, like I wasn't enjoying my life. I had optimized for blood sugars, but too far. And instead, what I would encourage you to just check in with yourself on is what are you optimizing for? And it's not that you can't optimize for blood sugars, okay? I, they're very important. They impact a lot of things. If your blood sugars are not under control, it will impact your health in many negative ways, okay? And not just in relation to diabetes, but other aspects of your health as well. That being said, 
if you're hyper-focused and obsessed on blood sugars, so much so that it influences and negatively impacts your quality of life or your peace of mind, that's a different story. All right. So when you look at what are you optimizing for, you want to consider optimizing for balance. <clears throat> at least this was what worked best for me. So optimizing for uh, quality of life and flexibility of choices, the freedom to eat what I want, do what I want, uh, be who I want. You know, now I'm optimized for a bit of both. Have I given up some control? Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> Be very clear about that. Uh, I am no longer sitting at 100% time and range days for days on end all the time. That's not my norm. I still hit 100% days. Yes, it's fun. I take screenshots still of my reports because I like seeing that. It's fun seeing the green bar go all the way across, right? But most of the time, I'm sitting happily just above 90%. Now, some of you are like, that's insane, right? And it is. I wasn't always in this good of control. I went through a roller coaster for years. But that's possible when you optimize for blood sugars and then a mixing in of the quality of life. And for me, I use blood sugar formulas, specifically the 80-20 blood sugar formula. That is what allowed me to have more of a balance between control that feels more automated, but also the quality of life. In fact, when I first started going down this path of blood sugar formulas, I had to ask myself a question, and I want to ask it to you as well. What does a best case scenario look like if blood sugars are entirely controlled? If they're on autopilot, you don't have to worry about spikes after meals or drops during workouts. If blood sugars were perfectly controlled, what would you do? What would life look like? What is a, a memory that you would create because you could? And I'll tell you, one of mine is I would go out into the mountains without a plan. I like the idea of getting lost in the wilderness, just a little bit lost, not completely lost. But, you know, for a second wondering, huh, I wonder if I know which direction is home. <laughs> and then figuring it out, of course. Check the, the sun, which direction is it going, the trees and the moss and all that. You know, my Boy Scout skills from back in the day. Uh, never made it to Eagle Scouts, but that's a different story. But comment if you're on YouTube with me. I would love to know, what is your best case scenario look like? Like if diabetes wasn't a thing, if you had it automated, so well controlled, let's just say you worked with us and got your 80-20 blood sugar formula set up so perfectly that you didn't have to think about diabetes twice. What does that best case scenario look like for you? And I want you to let your imagination run wild. Think about this. This is how we build the options in our life and we can set our paths and look at the different options we have because the only option that I have seen people talk about is controlled blood sugars. Control them, control them, or you will die, right? Or complications. That's what my doctor told me. It was a, a whole negative nest of misinformation. I was told I was going to die within 10 years. I was going to lose my limbs in the process, and I wasn't going to have a normal life. You kind of just like accept this as your doom. It doesn't have to be that way. Now, I'm not saying if you follow our principles that you're going to have automated blood sugars that are always at 83, non-diabetic numbers, this and that. No, it's not going to be perfect, right? But I want you to imagine if it were perfect, what would you do? What would you eat? Where would you travel? What would you accomplish? What do you feel like you're sacrificing right now for the sake of blood sugars? 
And for me, when I look at optimizing for family right now, I used to work until midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, every single night. I'd come in for dinner, say hi to my wife, hi to my daughter, and then I'd pop back into the office. And it's terrible thinking about that. All the memories that I missed out on, but it's not too late. And that's the exciting part, right? So when you look at blood sugars, yes, your blood sugars might have held you back in the past. They might be the reason you've said no to things. Dinners out with family, trips that were outside of the country, uh, hopping onto that rec sports team that you always wanted to participate in, but uh, blood sugars might not cooperate. All the things that you've missed out on in the past don't have to be the things that you miss out on in the future. But you have to ask yourself, what are you optimizing for? And then reframe it into, what do I want to optimize for? What does it look like to have a life where I can be happy and healthy, not happy or healthy? For a long time, I thought it had to be a decision between the two. They can coexist, but it has to be intentional. You will not stumble across happy and healthy on accident if you're living with type 1 diabetes like me. It has to be intentional. You must put one foot in front of the other and take the leap of faith. In fact, if you are uh, risk averse, if you're scared of trying new things, you're probably not going to get there, uh, especially by yourself, right? So look at where you're headed right now. Everything in life has multiple paths, multiple choices. We get to make the decisions that craft our future. And if you don't like where you're headed or what your current reality looks like, Something needs to change now. And I, I need to be blunt about that because if someone had told me that years before, they could have saved me from years of regret. And it pains me to say that I have missed out on so many things in life because I let my diabetes win. I lived for my diabetes. All I cared about were the numbers for a long time. Uh, we're talking years. I said no to family events. I said no to free travel through Europe. I said no to living my best life. And I'm sharing this lesson with you in hopes that it helps you to recognize the signs that you might be holding back for your diabetes instead of living with your diabetes. So uh, just a really powerful message that I wanted to get out to you today in hopes that it sparks some of you to take action, to change your life, or at the very least to question the direction that you are currently headed and to maybe plant some seeds in your mind to help you understand that you don't have to continue on that path. At any moment in time, we have this superpower where we can literally make a decision to change course, to pursue a different outcome. And that to me is mind blowing that at any given moment, you could make a single decision that redirects your entire life for the better. You don't have to settle. How cool is that? Ah, getting chills just thinking about it. Uh, that being said, I gotta take off. Uh, you might have heard my daughter screaming with glee. Uh, I just got done playing Tickle Monster with her and trying to get out the rest of her energy before bedtime. 
And I'm really looking forward to spending some time with her, with my wife, and for creating a life that I love. One that's on the path, on the trajectory for the outcomes that I actually want, instead of settling for less. So just remember this, it's never too late to change. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how far down a certain path you've gone. I don't care how hopeless it seems. There is always hope, but you have to be the one that makes the decision and it must be decisive. It must be commitment, but you can commit to a new path. And if you jump in, not dip your toes, not open the door and take a peek through, if you leap through that door, break the door down with determination. If you are relentless in the pursuit of this new goal, of this new outcome, then it's yours. That's up to you. So uh, that's all I got for you today. Sorry to leave you on kind of a high note. I'm feeling pumped up. I'm very passionate about this. It's very fresh uh, to ask ourselves, what are we optimizing for? What are you optimizing for? And what could a best case scenario look like with blood sugars automated? I want you to think about that. And please do share your stories. Leave it in the comments if you're on YouTube. I would love to read those because like myself, you also might be missing out on life. And I've been there and I had to take a moment and think about what do I want out of this life? And can I do it without diabetes holding me back? And the answer is yes. So uh, that's all I got for you guys today. If you enjoyed this one, please share it. Get the word out. I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing this message. And if you're the type of good person that likes to help others, inspire others, as you may have been inspired today, they need to hear this too. So go put it on different platforms, you know, Facebook, share it on Instagram. Go tell your friends about it. Be the person that gets to deliver the good news to them. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Enjoy. Drop a comment. We're going to be following a fun path over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months on uh, how to optimize for the right things, for health, but also for happiness, to get your blood sugars in check so that you can live your best life. So share this episode, get the word out there. I'll catch you guys in the next episode and keep up the fight.